Hey everyone, welcome to the Southside Church Podcast from Chilliwack, British Columbia, Canada. We're praying that hope would rise in your life as you listen to this message today. Well, welcome into church today, everybody. My name is Lucas and I'm one of the pastors here on the Southside team and it's my privilege and my honor to be together with you guys today. And whether you're watching at one of our seven in-person gatherings taking place this weekend, or maybe you're watching online with Dave Poole hosting you guys at the 8 a.m or 10 a.m. campus, or maybe you're watching On Demand on YouTube or Facebook, or maybe you're listening on on Spotify or or the podcast app throughout the week. Whatever the reason is, whatever the method is that you're joining us by today, I just wanted to say that I am so pumped to be here with you, and I really believe that God has a plan and God has a reason for you being here with me today. So we're going to be doing something a little bit different today, and I just wanted to take a second and explain it. So myself and the service team, we went back over basically the last six or seven months, pretty much since the start of this global pandemic, the start of this church online era, and we picked three of what we think are the most impactful and the most profound clips um, from Pastor Mike's messages. So what I'm going to be doing is I'm going to take us through those three clips, and what's incredible about that is that Um, you know, five, six, seven months ago when those were um, preached originally, you know, they were profound and they were impactful and they were needed in what we were going through at that time. But here today, I believe that God has uh, just as impactful and just as profound a purpose for those clips in my life, in your life, um, in everyone's lives who are watching here today. And I'm going to add some of my own thoughts and some of my own testimony and some of my own story today, hoping that maybe that'd be able to speak to you wherever it is that you're at. And one of the other things that I'm going to be doing is as we go through these clips and as I share some of my thoughts and some of my story, I'm going to be talking about just this thought that I've been having over the last few weeks. And and I believe that as a world and and as a culture and as, as a church family, I believe that we're exiting what was a season of endurance. I believe that sometimes in the face of adversity, in the face of obstacles, in the face of difficult circumstances, that as people, as individuals, as a church, the greatest victory that we can achieve, the season that God has us in, is to endure something difficult. And I'm not talking about a passive endurance where we're batting down the hatches and waiting for the storm to pass. I'm talking about an active endurance where even though things are hard, even though things are difficult, you know, we're digging into the fact that we believe that God has a plan for us in this season to not give up any ground. I really believe that um, part of that is banishing fear. Part of that is standing firm and knowing that God has a plan for us even in this difficult season. You know, I think in a lot of ways, our church and, and, and our culture and our world is kind of slowly emerging from that season of endurance. And what I want to talk to you guys about today is I believe that we're entering into a season of conquering, a season of taking ground, a season of actively being part of the solution in our world today. You know, I think sometimes when, when the adversity or the obstacles um, fade away or they subside, I think that those are seasons where we can rise up and we can take ground. But I think more accurately in this season is that even in the face of those obstacles, when you endure long enough, what you're able to do is you can regain your strength. You can regain your health. You can regain your unity. You know, we talked about this season of rebuilding. So rebuilding ourselves. And then now we're in this season of cell side together, you know, where we're, we're reunified, we're linking ours, we understand that we're stronger together. You know, I think sometimes when we enter into these seasons of conquering, these seasons of taking ground, we do that because the obstacles, the adversity, the difficult circumstances have passed. You know, and, and then it's kind of obvious and easy, hey, we're going to take ground, there's not as much adversity, there's not as many obstacles, let's go. But I think it more accurately in this situation is that we as a church and we as a group of people, we committed to an active season of endurance where we double down on who we are and what we believe in here at Southside Church. And now that we've regained our strength, 
We've regained our unity. We've regained our courage and our health. You know, we talked about rebuilding ourselves in a series a couple months ago. Now we've been talking about self side together, you know, linking arms, understanding that we are stronger together. And even though the adversity, even though those obstacles are still there, we're actually able to rise up and take ground, rise up and conquer in the face of, in spite of those difficult things. And so as we get into this first clip, I want us to be thinking about the fact that in seasons of endurance or seasons of conquering, of taking ground, like the season that we're in together as a church, it's really important, it's imperative that we have tools and we have practices that help us block out the lies, block out the noise, and help us focus on what God really says about us, how God really feels about us. And so Pastor Mike talked about this in a message a few months ago, and he does an incredible job of explaining some ways that we can intentionally do that. So why don't we listen for that in this first clip. But I've been feeling so convicted this week that I really don't think that we can give what we don't got. And I'm not trying to be glib and I'm not trying to be silly. I'm absolutely serious when I say this to you. I think for a vast majority of us today, the, fir- the person that we most need to extend empathy towards, the, the, the person whose shoes that we most need to step into and relate to is our own. You know, Jesus said that we're to love our neighbor as ourselves. Can I be honest with you? I'm not really interested in having you love me like you love you. I don't want you to talk to me like you talk to yourself. I don't want you to condemn me like you condemn yourself. I don't want you to belittle me like you belittle yourself. See, the problem with saying that we all need to have empathy, and it's just that simple, is that we can't give what we don't got. And so what I want to do is I want to introduce to you today a spiritual principle that I developed, trademark Mike Manus, 2020. Okay, here it is. It's the principle of priming the pump. Now, if you didn't grow up in the country, that might seem like a bit of a foreign concept, but here's the way it basically works. If you have a water pump and there's air in the water lines, then your water pump can't pump water. And what you need to do in that situation is you need to prime the pump, okay? So you open up the pump and you pour water in in order that the pump will pump and it can send water out. Well, I would suggest to you that in Jesus' name, with Jesus' help, by the power of God today, that you need to spiritually prime the pump. In other words, you have to ask his help to pour grace into your life and to accept that grace so that you can send it. To pour kindness in so that you can send it to pour forgiveness in so that you can send it, to pour encouragement in so that you can send it. So to to, to pour in this concept of uh, you were born for genius in so that you can send it out to others. It's the principle of priming the pump because you can't give what you don't got. God called. He wants his genius back because the world desperately needs to meet you. And how do we call our genius back? Well, number one, we call our genius back through empathy. We prime the pump because you can't give what you don't got. And secondly, through persistence. Calvin Coolidge said it this way, nothing in the world can take the place of persistence. Talent will not. Nothing's more common than unsuccessful men with talent. Genius will not. Unrewarded genius is almost a proverb. Education will not. The world is full of educated derelicts. You can need a lot of persistence in this world. 
talk about we need to repent of the sin of self-rejection. That's really hard to do in this culture that we live in because we're surrounded by people who haven't primed the pump. They don't love themselves, so they can't love you. They don't encourage themselves, so they can't encourage you. And, and, and our, our culture almost becomes like a bunch of crabs in a bucket. I've never seen this, but I heard the story told lots of times that if you put a bunch of crabs in the bucket and one of those crabs decides it wants to climb out of the bucket, all the rest of the crabs grab that crab and pull it back down to their level. I think our world's a little bit like that. I don't think really there's any shortage in our world of people that want to tear you down, tell you that you're not, and you won't, and you can't, and you'll never, and you don't measure up to that person, and that dream that you're dreaming is insane. And that vision that you're daring to believe is ridiculous. And and I want to suggest to you today that that we need to actively repent of the sin of self-rejection. And then we need to rebuke those voices. Because what happens is when those voices come at you from the outside for long enough, it won't be long before those voices are speaking in the inside. So not only do we need to repent, but we need to rebuke those voices. We need to rebuke those voices. I was talking to my counselor the other day. He said, man, if you and me were walking down the street one day and a seagull flew down and landed on your head, that would be weird. I know, but let's just say it happened, okay? A seagull flew down and landed on your head. That wouldn't be your fault. That happened. But you know what would be your fault? You know what would be weird? Is if you invited that seagull to stick around and build a nest in your head. So what are you talking about, Mike? I'm not sure. I just want to tell. No, here's what I'm talking about. Just because you have a thought doesn't mean you need to think about it. In other words, just because those, those thoughts of self-rejection come at you, you need to rebuke those thoughts in Jesus' name. That seagull does not get to build a nest in your head. you got to send it on its way. you got to rebuke those thoughts in Jesus' name. And all week long, I've been praying about this sermon and I've been rebuking those voices in your head in Jesus' name. There is nothing noble as a child of God about playing small. We need to repent of the sin of self-rejection. We need to rebuke those voices when they come. And thirdly, we need to replace them. We need to repent, rebuke, and replace. We need to replace those voices, those lies with truth. Okay, so now what I wanna do is I wanna take us back in time five and a half years and talk a little bit about my story. I really believe that all of our stories have power. You know, every single person that's watching or listening to me today, I believe that your story has a unique ability to transform and change people's lives. And so I'm gonna tell you a little bit about my story and be really open and honest about it as well. And so, you know, five and a half years ago for me, I ended up in a really dark and difficult place. I had no hope. Um, I had no courage, I had no um, motivation or, or purpose when I, when I woke up in the morning. And before I talk, uh, talk more about what that place actually looked like, I wanna talk a little bit about how I got there in the first place, because I think sometimes we can leave that part of our stories out. You know, when Pastor Mike was talking about repenting, you know, that means to turn from, to turn from the sin of self-rejection. You know, and looking back now, I realize that that's something that I failed to do. So not only was I not repenting of the sin of self-rejection, in a lot of ways, you know, I actually embraced that. You know, it actually moved from self-rejection into a level of self-hatred. And as Pastor Mike was talking about, how on earth are we supposed to be a part of God's plan to love other people if we don't love ourselves? 
And so looking back, I can see now, and I have, I have the benefit of being five and a half years removed, but I can see that I really, really struggle in that season to love myself. You know, he was talking about not, you know, it's not your fault if a seagull swoops your head and, and dive bombs you, but it is your fault if you allow it to build a nest in your head. And, you know, I had let that seagull build a nest in my head and I ended up in this cycle of, of guilt and shame and regret and self-pity and self-loathing. And what that would do is it would drive me to make a mistake. And then I would feel guilty, I'd feel shame, I'd feel self-pity, I'd feel self-loathing, and I'd be making that same mistake again because I just didn't feel like, you know, I grew up in an awesome Christian home. I grew up with great Christian parents, you know, but I knew the plan that God had for me. I saw the plan that God had for people that I loved and they were walking in it, you know, but as I made mistake after mistake, as I ran from God, I no longer believed that he still had that same plan for me. And so my shame and my guilt and my self-loathing drove me to make mistake after mistake after mistake after mistake. And I found myself in a really hopeless and a really dark place. And what's kind of crazy is I was, as I was prepping this message, you know, as the years go by and you get further and further removed from a, from a position like that, it almost becomes hard to believe that you were, um, you were that hopeless. You know, for me, it's sad now looking back and, and, and seeing 21-year-old me um, in such a dark and desperate place and so alone and feeling so helpless. Um, and in that moment, I, I know there's a lot of kids watching, so I'm going to be sensitive with how I talk about this, but um, I no longer felt that my life had any merit. You know, I actually believed, and it's crazy to think, I believed that no one would miss me if I was gone, that the world would actually be okay, the world would be a better place without me in it. You know, in, in, a, in a dark and desperate place like that, I think the only thing that I knew how to do in that moment was to cry out to God. You know, God who I had been running from for five and a half years, like, um, in a lot of ways, I did not believe that he would hear my cry. Why would he? You know, I've been running from him for so long, but it's incredible. And the same is true for you if you're in a situation even similar to that at all, is that he does hear our cries and he does have a plan for us. And he told me in that moment that he loved me and that he still had that same plan that he had for me as a kid. He still had that for me. It was available to me today. All I had to do was take hold of it. You know, and when I, when I think about that season, I, I wanna stop for a second and I wanna just talk to anyone here today who might be struggling with hopelessness or lack of purpose, or lack of a sense of meaning when you wake up in the morning. And I just wanted to say, if you're in a spot like that at all, God does have a plan for you, God does love you, and this world does need you. And, and you know what's amazing is not only does the world need you, but God actually wants you to be a part of an incredible redemption story that's taking place all around us here today. I wanted to go a step further today and just let you know that I wanna to talk to you. You know, if you're in a spot like that, I think, Oftentimes the most important thing or all the time the most important thing is to reach out to God and to take hold of the plan he has for you. But I also believe that it is helpful and it is useful to talk to someone who's been in a spot like that. And so if you could just text the number 604-670-3040 and I'm going to be checking that all throughout the weekend and I'm there to have a conversation with you if you want to do that. If you don't feel comfortable with that, you can also email churchoffice at southsidelife.com and you can, you can drop us a line there. You can send us a message on Facebook. You can send us a DM on Instagram and I'll get one of the, one of the staff members, one of the team members to get it to me. Um, and then I can talk to you and we can have a conversation about that as well. You know, and as I look back on that season, what's interesting for me is that there wasn't a lot of conquering. There wasn't a lot of taking ground for me in that season. I was actually in a season where the biggest victory that I ever could have achieved and I was able to through the grace and the strength that God gave me was simply to endure. 
And I'm talking about an active endurance where I dug in my heels and I said, I'm no longer listening to these lies and this garbage and this nest full of crap that's in my head from these years of running from God and listening to the wrong voices. You know, and like I said, it was only through the grace and only through the strength of God that I was able to actively endure to make it through that season. And whether we're in a season of enduring or a season of conquering, like I believe we are in as a church here today, I believe that it's super important that we continue to remind ourselves and have faith in the one who set us off on this journey in the first place. And so as we get into this clip, I want us just to be thinking about how important it is to always have faith in the one who created us and has a great, great plan for our lives. So how do I take heart in a troubled world? How do I take heart in a troubled world? Well, there's really only one way. Faith in the one who has overcome this troubled world. That's it. A victory in the face of adversity is only fueled by faith. In, in other words, what I'm suggesting is that we, we, we have faith in, in, in a victory that goes deeper than the deepest defeat. We, we have faith in a hope that goes deeper than the deepest despair. We, we, we have faith in strength that goes deeper than the deepest weakness. We, we, we have faith in a light that shatters the deepest darkness. That victory in the face of adversity can only be fueled by faith. One of the most powerful examples of that was Good Friday. When Jesus laid down his life and all seemed lost. There was a prisoner of war during the Vietnam War named Jeremiah Denton who wrote a poem that I love. It described <laughs> the vantage point of Mary on that day that Jesus was crucified. Let me read it for you. The soldiers stare, then drift away. Young John finds nothing he can say. The veil is rent, the deed is done, and Mary holds her only son. His limbs grow stiff, the night grows cold, but naught can loose that mother's hold. Her gentle anguished eyes seem blind. Who knows what thoughts run through her mind? Perhaps she thinks of last week's palms with cheering thousands offering alms or dreams of Cana on that day. She nagged him till she got her way. Her face shows grief, but not despair. Her head though bowed has faith to spare. For even now she could suppose his thorns might somehow yield a rose. Her life with him was full of signs that God writes straight with crooked lines. Dark clouds can hide the rising sun and all seems lost when all is one. Her head, though bowed, has faith to spare. I'm convinced that, that victory in the face of adversity can only be fueled by faith that the only way that we can take heart in a troubled world is faith in the one that has overcome this world. That God really does write straight with crooked lines. That there really is a victory that goes deeper than defeat. That there really is a hope that goes deeper than despair. That there really is a strength that goes deeper than weakness. That there really is a light that shatters the deepest darkness. You know, and it's crazy because when I look back now today, you know, five and a half years removed, in that moment, in that in that place of darkness where God rescued me out of that place, I never, ever, ever would have believed 
that he could use me in any way of significance to take ground or to conquer anything that's lasting and anything that's eternal here on earth. You know, I was just in a spot where I just didn't believe that. You know, how could someone so broken, how could someone that is in so desperate need of these concepts, you know, at Southside Church, we're all about bringing more help, more hope, and more home. I, I definitely needed those things, so how could I ever be a part of bringing those things to anyone who needed them? But what I did want to tell you guys today, like I said, if you find yourselves in any kind of similar spot where you're like, you know, for me in this season, Lucas, the best thing I can do, the greatest victory for me is to simply endure, to actively endure this season. I wanted to just tell you that your season of conquering and your season of taking ground is coming. God is going to use you. God wants to use you. And what's going to happen is as you follow him one next step at a time out of that difficult place, you're going to look back in six months. You're going to look back in two years. You're going to look back in five years. And you're going to be absolutely amazed at the ways that he's been able to use you and the places that he's been able to take you. You know, I think for me, maybe five years ago, five and a half years ago, the greatest victory that I ever could have achieved through the grace and the strength of God was to actively endure what was a really difficult season. You know, maybe for us as a church five months ago, our greatest victory was in the face of obstacles, in the face of adversity, surrounded by difficult circumstances. For us, our greatest victory was standing our ground was actively enduring that season. And I believe when you stand your ground, when you endure a season for long enough, what you do is, like we talked about earlier, you know, we talked about this concept of rebuilding, rebuilding ourselves. And now we're talking about this concept of sell side together. You know, we've regained our strength. In a lot of ways, we've regained our health. You know, but I believe that now it's time for us as a church to advance and take ground. You know, I believe that there are so many opportunities out there in our world today to bring more help more hope and more home to our city and our world. And, and I think that's exactly why it's not, we're not bringing help, hope and home. We're bringing more help, more hope and more home. And, and the reason is, is because we're always looking to do more. We're always looking to include more people. We're always looking to reach more people with the good news of Jesus. You know, like I said, I believe that there's so many opportunities right now. There's people in my life. I know there's people in your life that are seeking truth, that are seeking answers for the first time ever. You know, when Jesus says that I am the way, the truth, and the life, and I really believe that as people seek the truth, they will find Jesus when they seek the truth with all their heart. You know, I think sometimes all it takes is me or you to be in proximity with that person and just simply to invite them or simply to, to point them in the direction of Jesus or simply to just play the small role that God is going to have you play in helping them find the answer that they're looking for. You know, and so as we set out on this season of conquering, of the season of taking ground, I know that it's going to be hard. You know, this isn't the last difficult season we're coming out of. You know, there's going to be more obstacles. There's going to be more adversity. I think it's really important when we set off on seasons like this to be reminded of, to constantly remind ourselves of why we set out in the first place. You know, we're not doing this for popularity. We're not doing this for personal gain. We're not even doing it for guaranteed success. We're doing it because we believe that this is what God would have us do in this season to take ground in his name. And I think that sometimes when we, we embark on journeys like this, there's, there's going to be outside criticism. There's going to be more obstacles that come up. And so I think it's important to remind ourselves that it's not the critic that counts. I think it's important to remember that we're not doing any of this for anyone's approval. We actually already have God's love. We have God's approval. And now we're taking ground. We're advancing. We're conquering from a position of approved. And so before we get into this clip, I want us to remember back to the first clip. You know, it's so important to have these practices and have these disciplines where we are listening to things that are true. We're listening to what God says about us over what anyone else has to say about us. 
I also think it's so important, like we saw in the second clip, to have faith in the one who set us off on this journey in the first place. And then finally, as we get into this clip, we always need to remember that it's not the critic that counts and we're actually fighting from God's approval. We're not fighting for any kind of approval. So let's listen in. One of the quotes that I read a lot is by Teddy Roosevelt. He says this, it's not the critic who counts. Not the man who points out how the strong man stumbles or where the doer of deeds could have done them better. Their credit belongs to the man who is actually in the arena, whose face is marred by dust and sweat and blood, who strives valiantly, who errs, who comes short again and again. Listen, because there is no effort without error and shortcoming, but who does actually strive to do the deeds, who knows great enthusiasms, the great devotions, who who spends himself in a worthy cause, who at the best knows in the end the triumph of high achievement, and who at the worst, if he fails, at least fails while daring greatly, so that his place shall never be with those cold and timid souls who neither know victory nor defeat. You're irreplaceable. Like, we all lose if you don't play your part in the arena. I remember years ago when I was a teenager, my best buddy Grant and me, we used to, uh, every winter, way at the back of our acreage, we would build a big uh, ski jump. Okay, so we would pack up the snow together and we would put some water on it, freeze it, and then we would take turns with, uh, we take the snowmobile, one of us would drive the snowmobile, and then we'd put a water skiing rope off the snowmobile, and, and the other one would have skis on and just like pulling along. Okay, and then when we get to the jump, we would let go of the rope and try all these different jumps. And at first when we started doing it, we were real careful, but eventually we were just off the wall. And we had this little saying that we would say to each other. We would always say, man, if I'm not wiping out, I'm not getting better. Can I suggest something to you in life? If you're not wiping out, you're not getting better. If I told you that there was that one thing that you know in your heart that you need to try, if I told you that you would not fail, would you do it? If you would, you should do it. Because if you're not wiping out, you're not getting better. The enemy's going to come at you. He's going to try to have you settle for small, but not you. You're going to live large. And he's going to have you try to settle for scared, but not you. You know what you're going to do instead? You're going to understand that you fail forward. You fail forward. If you're not wiping out, you're not getting better. You know, I just love that quote so much by Theodore Roosevelt. I remember being a kid and getting my dad to print out a couple copies for me. And I I put one up in my locker at school and I put one up on my door at home. And I just love that concept. You know, it's the credit belongs to those actually in the arena. You know, and I feel so inspired and so encouraged that we have so many incredible people here at Southside Church that are in the arena together. You know, it makes it a lot easier knowing that it's not just you standing in that arena alone, that you have an entire crowd, an entire group, an entire community of people who are in the arena fighting the same fight with you. You know, and like I said, something I believe so strongly right now is that God has this season of taking ground, of advancing for us right here, right now at Southside Church. 
you know, I just wanted to stop here before I conclude and just talk to that group that I was talking to earlier. And it's that group that you might feel a little bit hopeless today. You might feel a lack of purpose today, a lack of meaning today. And, and maybe as I'm talking about advancing, and I'm talking about taking ground, you might feel like for you right now, that's not the season that God has for you. But I believe that God does have something for you today. And he has a season of active endurance for you today of digging in your heels and saying, I'm no longer listening to those lies and the crap that the enemy is trying to tell me. I believe that I'm fearfully and wonderfully made and that my seasons for conquering, my seasons for taking ground, those are coming. But right now I'm gonna stop giving up ground and I'm gonna refuse to give in. I'm gonna refuse to listen to any of those lies that the enemy is telling me. And I believe that for you today, like I said earlier, I really do want you to reach out to us. I wanna have a conversation with you. I wanna be there for you. I wanna be able to pray for you as well. But I think that that's not enough. Like I said, we need to take hold of the plan that God has for us. But along the road, it's going to be hard. Along the road, people are going to say things to us. Along the road, there's going to be lies told to us. And so we need truth. We need God's word to combat those lies. And so what I'm about to say goes for this group, but it also goes for everyone in here watching today. I'm going to do the same myself. And so what we're going to be doing today is, is I remember a couple months ago, we did this text in. We texted the keyword genius to our phone number 604-670-3040 and then Southside Church sent everyone who texts that in a different Bible verse every day. You know, and then we could just spend some time reading it, you know, praying over it and believing that those same truths applied to you and applied to what you were going through today. I remember how impactful that was for me. Um, and so we're going to be restarting that starting today. So if you want to be a part of that, like I said, text the keyword genius to our phone number. It's going to be up here on the screen. And then starting tomorrow, we're going to be getting messages every single day for 40 days that really just tell us things that are true about ourselves so that we can, we can begin to, we can continue to combat the lies that the world is constantly trying to get us to believe. You know, and then for the rest of us, I believe that we have a huge crew of people at Southside Church that are chomping at the bit. You know, you were part of that active season of endurance and now you're ready. When I say we're, we're taking ground, when I say we're conquering, when I say we're bringing more help, more hope, and more home to our cities and our world, you're all in for that. And so for you, I just wanted to talk about a couple of different ways that we can actively be a part of doing that here today at Southside Church. You know, I think it's an, there's an important disclaimer that I need to give you guys before we get into some of the examples of what taking ground actually looks like. You know, I believe that sometimes we think that conquering of, of advancing is going to be some flashy thing where we defeat the enemy and then we never look back from that position. But I believe that it really happens one next step at a time. You know, when us as individuals or us as a church body commit to taking one next step at a time, putting one foot in front of the other and obeying God's plan and having faith in his plan for us. I think we'll look back in two years, we'll look back in five years and we'll see how crazy the different ways that God has been able to use us. You know, I, I think that I can give us some examples here today of what taking ground of what some of our next steps as we advance might look like. You know, I think that for some of us, maybe it's joining a small group. You know, we've been talking about that over the last few weeks and that's not something flashy, but that's just committing to being around people that know us and that push us and then encourage us to be the best versions of ourselves that we can be, to become the people that God created us to be. You know, maybe for some of you, it's a family thing. Maybe you're kind of taking care of your faith, but you're not um, actively taking care or pushing your kids to engage in their faith. So maybe for you, it's making Southside Youth attendance a priority, which for me, I would love that because I would love to get to know your kids at Southside Youth. That would be incredible. You know, maybe for you, it's a personal thing. Maybe for you, there's an apology that you know you need to make, or, or maybe there's an adjustment you need to make in your calendar and your schedule so that you have more time for your faith or you have more time at home with your family or your kids. 
Maybe for you, there's someone in your life that God has specifically put you in proximity with and close proximity with for a reason to invite them out to Southside Church or to send them a link or to think about how God might be using you um, to introduce them to the answer to all their questions. That answer has a name and his name is Jesus. You know, maybe for others of us, it's being really tight-fisted with our time and our money and maybe God is calling you today to let go of that death grip that you have over those two things. So maybe for you, it's, it's, it's committing to be a part of a serving team here at Southside Church. You know, we're getting in this new building in a few months and I know we're gonna have an incredible launch team and we're gonna be talking more about that in the weeks and months to come. So maybe for you, it's committing to being a part of that. You know, there's all sorts of ways that God can use all of us here in the mission of bringing more help, more hope and more home to our city and our world through Southside Church. Or maybe for you, it's that death grip you have on money and letting go of that, understanding that your time and your money are both gifts from God. You know, and, and then what we can do then is we can give back our best of both of those things, our first fruits back to God and say, you know what, I'm asking for your blessing over this area of my life. You know, and then I really believe that there's a whole group of you, a whole crew out there where your next step, you know, the conquering and the advancing that God has for you is not something that I just went over. You know, but I believe a lot of us know what that next step is in our heart. And that's something that I can't speak to you, but it's maybe something that God is going to point you to as I'm talking here or as you pray about it um, throughout the rest of the day. You know, whatever that next step looks like for you, I really truly believe from the bottom of my heart in this season of conquering, of this season of taking ground where there's opportunities out there. There's people that are seeking truth that have never been seeking truth before. I believe that our world, our cities, our church is gonna change from the inside out when we as individuals commit to taking one next step at a time. And then what we're gonna do is, like I said, we're gonna look back in six months, we're gonna look back in five years, and we're gonna be absolutely amazed at what God has been able to do through us at Southside Church. And like I said at the beginning, it was an absolute privilege and honor um, just to be with you guys here today. You know, I, I was praying about it all week and I was just asking that God would use me, use my story just to impact even one person out there. You know, and, and like I said, it's one person at a time, one next step at a time, and that's how our world is gonna change. And so let's advance together today. Let's be encouraged together today. And I'll see you guys back next week. Thanks again for listening. To hear more messages like this one, make sure to subscribe and check out our podcast channel for past episodes. And to stay up to date with all things Southside, follow at Southside underscore church on Instagram. We love you guys. The best is yet to come.